Hey, ringers. Welcome to episode 79. No, I'm not back yet. We're getting close. Danielle and I are uh, going to start recording some things soon. We got some things in the work uh, works, but um, I'm doing some of the editing. I'm listening to the podcasts and uh, getting back in the swing of things as I'm uh, looking forward to being back and, and talking about what I learned after uh, a crazy October um, and a crazy last six months of the year with babies and all that kind of stuff going on. So, um, but in regards to this episode, 79, we have an incredible resource on today um, talking about wedding venues. And I mean, for anybody who knows who's planning uh, a wedding, that's kind of where you start. Weddings are, uh, or venues are, are literally right at the top of the list, right? You pick a date and you kind of go out to the venue. Um, what's awesome is that we have somebody on Kinsey Roberts of Vista View Events uh, at Open Heart Ranch in Colorado. Um, she co-owns, I believe she co-owns a uh, a wedding venue. And so she knows so much about, um, about all this, right. And what couples are asking her as they're going through their wedding planning process. So she offers some valuable insights. Her and Danielle have a really amazing episode. This episode is going to be awesome for you. If you are just starting out, um, and just getting into the thick of, of the wedding planning process, but you'll also have a couple of nuggets, uh, that you'll pick up along the way, even if you're already in the thick of it and have your wedding, um, have your wedding venue picked. So, uh, they cover all kinds of different things like um, some red flags as you're visiting venues and looking at contracts, things like that. There's some amazing advice, uh, just some little like kind of trinkets, uh, things to think about as you're going to different wedding venues. I mean, it, you'll see. It, you'll see as you go through this episode. It's pretty baller. <laughs> um you know, I also really want to take a minute, uh, especially as I'm, I'm away uh, and, and now getting back to things about the the support that I'm seeing over in Patreon. I mean, um, you know, things are real crazy and I don't get to be, I didn't get to be over there as much as I wanted to. And then I come back in and there's just all this amazing love and goodness um, and support over there. So I want to take a minute and thank every single one of our Patreon supporters for really coming around us um, and supporting us. And guys, if you if you get anything out of this podcast, even just a little tiny bit, um, I'd really encourage you to go over to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I um, and see if uh, supporting us is something you're willing to do. We can we can start for as little as $2 a month um, and go on up from there. But if $2 a month isn't that much for you, um, we encourage you to, if you're getting anything out of this podcast, check it out and see if supporting us is something that uh, is on your heart. So um, without further ado... Let's hop into this episode. See you soon. Hey, Ringers. I'm Danielle. And I'm Dan. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. We are two wedding pros sharing everything we can about planning a wedding. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 79 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. I am super excited um, because today's guest is somebody that I have listened to as a fellow podcaster for a very long time. And I'm so happy that she reached out to me that she wanted to share some of her knowledge about wedding venues with you. And this is an episode topic that we've actually talked about before, an old episode, episode number 34, Dan and I did about questions to ask your wedding venue. Um, but it was just Dan and I talking, and obviously neither Dan or I own a wedding venue. So I'm really excited that we have somebody here who actually co-owns a venue. We're going to dig in a whole lot more, and we're going to really be discussing specifically the little details you should pay attention to 
when looking at a venue. And this is something that we're going to talk about. Um, obviously, if you're on the search for venues, this is an amazing amazing timing for you. But also if you've already got a venue, I still think there's going to be some really good nuggets in here that you're going to pick up. So today's guest co-host with me is Kinsey Roberts. She's the co-owner of Vista View Events at Open Heart Ranch out in Colorado. Kinsey, welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here and I appreciate this opportunity. Woohoo. So tell me more about you and, and Vista View Events. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, I live in Colorado, as you mentioned, and I co-own my wedding venue with my sister-in-law. Her name is Katie. The venue is actually on our family ranch, which is Open Heart Ranch. It's part of the it's part of the name of the venue. We've had it since 2017 as when we first opened our doors for our grand opening, but we have been in the process, of course, because it takes a long time to put a venue together and to build it from the ground up. We've been in the process since the very end of 2015. So, yeah, I've been in I've been in this business quote for over five years now, and uh, I love it. This is we're going into our fourth season. It's been wonderful, and I also host a, she creates business a podcast for wedding pros, which is exactly the way it sounds. It is a podcast just like yours, but it's really more on the vendor side of things for people who are involved in the industry like you and I. And when I'm not doing when I'm not knee deep in weddings, I'm hanging out with my husband. His name is Derek. We have two little boys, so I'm a mom and a wife, and I love that part of my life. Awesome. Um, so you just you wow you, you just put so much uh, information out there, and I was like, oh, so many things I want to say. So first of all, being in Colorado, I don't know if you know this, but it's a slightly different landscape than what I have here in Pennsylvania. Shocker, I know. <laughs> but when I hear you say ranch, I just have like so many like dreamy sunsets and all these like beautiful views that come to mind. Is that literally what your life is like all the time? I yes, you know, I'm happy to say that that is literally what my life is like all the time, especially where I live, because our this ranch is almost 75 years old or coming up on our 75th anniversary here soon in a few years. And in this valley kind of that I live in, we are right in the mountains. So we're right in Western Colorado where all of the big Rockies are. And kind of in this little valley that we live in, we have a lot of ranching families. So it's a lot of open space. We have a lot of beautiful views. And my venue actually sits right on a peak that overlooks a lake. So I get water, I get mountains, I get beautiful green fields we also get a lot of snow so don't get me wrong <laughs> there's some yeah there's some chilly times a year but I think you guys get quite a bit of snow up there in Pennsylvania too we used to get a lot of snow lately it just feels like we've been getting a whole lot of rain um, oh. which is just dreary and a bit sad after like day after day of rain yeah. but I do miss the snow for sure Colorado is a place that um, I've only been to for for like quick visits but I absolutely love it out there I think it's a beautiful beautiful place for sure Thank and you. nothing like Pennsylvania. I mean, Pennsylvania has like like the more of like the rolling hills, and we do a lot with like farms that are have like the barns and things like that. So every you know every region uh, has its kind of um, you know their certain yeah their shtick yeah. right that, that that they really are known for. So um, I I just love as you describe your view uh, that I'm looking out into a, my neighbor's backyard and like seven other neighbor's backyard because we're all really close here in the little borough that I live in. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, pros and cons for sure. That's right. We all, we get, we give some, we get some, you know, exactly. it's like a give and take experience. Everyone yeah. has something good. And that's why they invented traveling. So open invitation to Colorado for you, Danielle, because hello, we'd have a I great time. I love it. 
That's amazing. I am a major Harry Potter fan. My ringers know this. Um, and once they uh, finally figure out how to apparate in real life, I will be so happy and I will be there all over this place. There Problems exist with that, but that's fine. We don't have to get into that. So, Kinsey, you also mentioned you are the host and you're the mastermind behind the She Creates Business um, podcast, which is specifically mm -hmm. for wedding pros. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I do know, sneaky sneaky, that there are some wedding pros that listen into this podcast, which I absolutely love. So, for those people out there that reach out to me who are aspiring wedding planners or just anybody in the wedding industry, it's not just wedding planners. Um, please go check out She Creates Business. It's a fantastic podcast. The content that is um, on there is good stuff, no matter whether you're just starting out or you've been in the business 10 plus years, whatever it is. It's just really good stuff. Um, and you also have another a podcast that's very specific to venues called the venue podcast very creative right that is right yeah I had my creative hat on when we named that podcast <laughs> killed it um yeah I just crushed it over here um no very specifically we did that for SEO reasons but yes we yeah. I just started another podcast recently at the time that we're recording this with my friend and colleague Lindsay Lucas we are both venue educators for people who dream and own venue or who dream to want to own a venue and who already do so we started a podcast just for those folks so that we could really get into the nitty-gritty of starting a venue, venue ownership, what that looks like. Yes. Yeah, because it's because she creates business is very like um, focusing on the entire wedding industry. But venues, right. when you start talking about like the very specific specificities, I can't say that with my braces in of venues, it can get a little too too deep, I guess, for like just a broad wedding audience. So I think that's awesome that you have that podcast as well, where you can like, get in there a whole lot deeper and share your knowledge and goodness. So thank you. All right. So before we get into the little details that we want to be paying attention to, um, what would you say are kind of the top three things that couples should be mindful of when they're on the hunt of finding their venue for their wedding day? Oh, yes. Okay, let's dig in. So um, I actually snuck two into the first one. So you guys are secretly going to get four, but here's my top sneaky, quote sneaky. three. <laughs> I won't tell. It's okay. Yeah, I won't tell. So the first one, and this is always the first one for me because I signed so many contracts, you guys, and I want you to uh, feel protected. So the first one is your venue's contract. That is like top one, number one for me. It's number one in my heart. It should be in yours too. Now I know we all think of the pretty details and don't get me wrong. I do too. And that's going to come up here in, in just a little while, but the contract for your venue. And then the one I'm going to kind of sneak into here as well is what your venue includes. So it is so nice to have a lot of things, not a lot, but enough things that are included with your venue to make your wedding planning life easy. And what I want you to make sure and why I snuck it into number one here is that all of those inclusions are included in the contract, that it's written in black and white. So anything that you see on their website that they say is included, anything that maybe they told you during a tour that they say is included, anything that happened in email that they said was included, make sure that's all listed in your contract so you have something that you've signed that you you can refer back to to say, hey, you actually did say that eight outdoor heaters were included. And, you know, I'm sorry you only have five now, but we should have eight, especially if you're having a winter wedding, right? That's when it becomes really important. I know that was a simplistic example, but I think it illustrated what I mean. So mm -hmm. contract slash inclusions, that's super important. Always be asking for a sample contract before you sign so that you can read through it, get some eyes on it and make sure you understand what you're signing. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think especially with the types of couples that I work with, 
with. They tend to be millennials. Sometimes they're Gen Z, not quite Gen Z yet, but millennials a lot of times. And I feel like they are conscientious of asking questions and like kind of create, they feel uncomfortable. And I Mm -hmm. don't want that to be you guys. Please feel free, feel comfortable, ask questions, make sure you understand. And I think the easiest way to do this and the most non-confrontational way, if you don't like confrontation, is just to say, hey, could you give me an example of what section B really means? And then that way they can provide a real world example. And that could actually, I've found, help clarify something easier. 100%. So Mm -hmm. guys, this is where, uh, as a planner... I'm involved a lot on when my couples are going through not just their venue contract, but all of the different contracts. And I always tell them that it is so completely 100% okay to respectfully ask questions about a contract. It's not you being this dreaded bridezilla word, which I absolutely despise in our industry. It is just you wanting to get a better understanding. And if you come at it from that place of, I just want to understand this a little bit better, then If you are met with any bit of resistance or grossness from that vendor side, that's when you want to step back and say, okay, maybe this isn't a really great fit because you are allowed as a consumer and as their client to ask these questions. And it is 100% okay to do because I've been in those situations before with my client skins where they uh, were promised at a walkthrough that I was not at because it's before we were hired and they were promised, oh, you'll have this and you'll have access to this. And as we get closer to the wedding day, it's suddenly like, oh, well, uh, that they they that change and that's no longer in there. Whereas if it were in the contract, that venue would, to their best of their ability, have to honor that um, within as you know as much reason as they possibly can. So that's, exactly that's why, right. oh, as much as you can get in writing in that contract, so key, one hundred percent, great first thing, two things. But I one hundred percent see what you're saying there. I like how they go together. You are forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was like, oh, hopefully I get the stamp of approval here. Well, the second thing in our top three things is the venue style and the venue layout. So, of course, this goes back to what I said a minute ago about the beautifulness. Obviously, you want the venue to meet your taste. You want it to reflect your love story, your personality. But you want the venue style and the layout to not be a burden to you. So what I mean by that is how much will you actually have to decorate? How much will you? And not that decorating is bad. Don't get me wrong. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I love fresh florals, you know, do all the lights, all the draping you want, but not in the sense that you would really have to change the makeup of this venue to make it okay for you. So if you are thinking, oh, I love this waterfront view like I have at my venue, but this venue is crap. it may not actually be worth that waterfront view because you're going to have to change the entire interior of that venue. And that's going to hugely impact your budget. And you're not going to be able to have all of the experiences that maybe you want to have in your wedding because now you've had to basically give this whole venue a makeover. So the venue style, the venue layout, the location of the venue, these are all really important factors when it comes to choosing a venue. And again, uh, when I say the style, uh, of course, I want it to meet your personal taste, but I mean specifically, what are you really going to have to add that's going to make it feel like, oh, this is us. This You want people to walk into your wedding and say, this is so Danielle and Kinsey or this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you want them to feel like, yep, this is their wedding. And so the more you kind of have to like hang and drape and fix and uplight, um, the less you can spend on other things that are more important to you as the couple. 
100%. We have said that absolutely before on this podcast. So I'm so happy that I finally have an outside person saying this. And guys, I didn't even tell her to say that. I promise you that if you start with a foundation that supports the overall vibe and environment that you want for the day, it makes other things go so much more smoothly, less expensive to your budget, just less things that you have to change about that place. Obviously, it can be done. And if you want to go for it, but don't go into a barn and try and turn it into a country club and certainly don't go into a country club and try it turn into a barn a barn because guys it's just a lot a lot to do so it is a lot to do awesome okay that was number two what is number three the number the the number three i was going to say the last one and number three and i combine them so the number three um is the size of your venue my friends so a lot of times i hear from couples and I hear from them during our tour and they say, how many people can we fit here? You know, if they haven't looked at our website or they didn't get my experience guide before they came for their tour, they'll say, you know, what's your max capacity? And I'll have to say it's 200. And then they're thinking, oh, okay, we love your space. We love this white barn. We love the waterfront view. Our list is at 275 right now, but I think we can whittle that down. (laughs) (laughs) And the reality is you cannot. Um, Even if a lot of people, especially at my venue, they'll say, oh, I think because of your location, people won't want to come. Here's the thing. They're going to come. They're coming. You know, if people really want to come to your your wedding, they're going to be there really regardless of where it is. A wedding is one of those things that people just get to. They just figure it out. I've driven eight hours to Utah and then 45 minutes into the mountains for my cousin's wedding. Like, it, <laughs> I didn't even think twice. You know, I wasn't like, ugh, I'm not going. I was totally doing it, right? It's If that person is important to you, if, if people are important, if you're important to someone, they're coming. So don't just count on the fact that they're out of state or out of town or that they might have to drive a little bit to whittle down your list for you. You really want to keep an eye on the max capacity of the venue. Number one, just for pragmatic reasons, a max capacity of a venue is their legal and county max capacity and they can't go over it if they're a good venue and they won't. And mm-hmm. then for you, from a comfort perspective, and I know that Daniela agrees with this because we actually talked about this the last time we recorded, which didn't work out. But from a comfort <laughs> perspective, when you are like stacking up up against someone's max capacity, it can start to feel a little stuffy. You know, I'll tell you that 125 person, 150 person wedding at my venue is a lot more comfortable than a 200 person wedding, even though that's our max capacity. Now, I don't mean people are running into walls and they can't breathe, but a max capacity is kind of, you know, it speaks for itself. It means we are as full as we can be. So you don't want to bump up too close to someone's max capacity because you won't be as comfortable as you would have been if you find a venue that that's 300 people, but now you only have 275. So you have some wiggle room there physically and mentally. 100%. It always comes down to the guest experience. So if you want to provide the best guest experience possible, think about any recent event you went to or even a restaurant, right? If that restaurant is so packed that you're sitting at a table across from your partner and the next uh, group of people over is only a foot away from you and you don't know who they are, everything in that space just feels tight. It feels cramped. Maybe it feels comfy and cozy, but ultimately you're only going to want to be in that space for so long until you just need a space to breathe. So when these venues are telling you this is what we can hold, guys, it's for a reason. Please listen to it. And Oh my goodness, I have been a planner who's worked with a couple who they've opted to invite a little bit more than their venue held. 
And I Mm -hmm. cannot tell you the stress level that it added as they sent out invites. And with every yes, we're so excited to be attending reply that they received, their stress level just went through the roof. And this is a wonderful event that they were hosting. And and it stunk so hard that with every person that was like, yes, we're coming, they were like, oh, crap, they're coming, you know? Yes, it's it was a it was a heartbreaking thing to witness. Um, I really dig my heels in now. That was an experience we had years ago, but I really dig my heels in now on not letting my couples. Well, obviously, my couples can do whatever they want, but I really, really read them the riot act of really what comes down to what happens if all these people say that they're coming, because what what are you going to do? Realistically, what are you going to do? And if they have a plan for what they're going to do, go for it. But Guys, um, it's so, so important. And I'm so glad you said that. Um, for sure. I love that. And Thank it's so, you. it's especially like you said, to, so if you have like, if your venue specifically, the max capacity is 200. So if you are a couple that's that's searching for a venue and you go, gosh, we have like 210 on our list. Realistically, you can finally f- probably go through that list if you haven't sent out anything just yet and cut 10 people from that list and be like all right we're safe and maybe if anybody declines maybe you opt for a b-list whatever but if you've got 400 people on your list and you think you're going to get it down to 200 guys it's tricky <laughs> it's going to be it's really so tricky, tricky. Mm-hmm. yeah it's to cut so that tricky many people off. yeah for sure ex- okay. absolutely so let's get into the little details. Um, what are ringers really should be paying attention to as they either like search for or decide on their venue or or maybe check with that their already selected venue has or doesn't have, depending on kind of where they're at in the process? Where do we want to start with the little details? Oh, sure. So I kind of pulled out little details based on our top three because they all go hand in hand. And so one of the first little details goes back to that one I snuck in in my top three, which is the inclusions. Mm -hmm. What I like to tell couples to do is this list out all of the inclusions that your venue is going to give to you. So I'll give you an example because I know my venue the best. We include tables, we include two sets of chairs cocktail tables, outdoor heaters, um, fire pits, three arbor choices, blah, 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 right? So list out everything that your venue includes. And then on another piece of paper, or do it on your phone, because you're like, Kinsey, I don't even own paper. Um, It's 2020. (laughs) (laughs) On another side, we'll go ahead and list out all of the other vendors that you're going to have to hire. So that's your wedding planner, that's your photographer, that's your caterer, and that's your rental company, that's your core person, if it's not your planner, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, depending on what Mm -hmm. package you have, your floral designer and things of that nature. And then what you're going to do is you're just going to compare those lists and you're going to cross off the things you may not need because they're already included in your venue. So this is, here's what I'm telling you to do this. This is the little detail. It's going to help you understand who you need to reach out to and who you need to hire first. So here's my opinion. This is my opinion. But as a wedding venue, if your venue doesn't include an actual wedding planner. And I know we're going to talk about planners, but that should be the next vendor that you hire. And sometimes it's first. Um, You should always... Yeah, preach, you guys. Sometimes it's first, but please, everybody have a wedding planner. It will be the best investment that you make. But go ahead and hire your wedding planner. And because you've made this list of everything that your venue includes, you can now send it to your wedding planner. And so if you have a full planner, if you have a partial package, it doesn't really matter. You can say, here's everything that comes with my venue. Can you help point me in the right direction from here? So now your venue, your planner knows, oh, awesome. Um, Bill gets three arbors at his venue. 
he picked the mountain range arbor or he picked the traditional square arbor. Now I know how to work with them when they are talking to me about their floral installations for their ceremony. Um, So you have just not only knocked out all of your inclusions, you've knocked out a huge load of work for your wedding planner. And together you can move on to the next thing, which will be your photographer. Then it's going to be your caterer. And then simultaneously what's happening is you're going to be digging into your rentals too, which is the big kicker. If you already have all your tables, if you already have all of your chairs, if you have a heat source for your outdoor like fireside parties and kind of cocktail hours, you don't need any of that. So you can kind of run down the list and say, great, all we need from our rental company are the charger plates, the flatware, the dinnerware, and the linens. It's yeah. it guys it, it makes it so easy especially uh, I can I guess I'm a list person right but I love me a good list but it does help to kind of get that all out of your head and and stop the kind of swarming around okay well wait they they have tables and okay so the, okay but we need chairs all the different things that that come down to it and then you'll be able to very clearly see what do we need for our event and what is it that the venue is going to provide? And it's not necessarily a bad thing if the only thing your venue provides is a square box with some lights and maybe air conditioning or a heater. But it does need to, it does tell you in that sense that, okay, well, we need some place for guests to sit and some place for guests to eat. So that's tables and chairs. We probably need yeah. linens for the chairs. So you kind of build on it from there. Um, and I promise, do not assume anything. There is a venue... Uh, I'm based in the Philly area, you can see. So there are a whole gamut of different venues. And when you really get into the city of Philly, boy, does it stretch even further because you have some venues that provide every last candle down to the flower, everything, everything is handled in house. And then you have others that, you know, again, you're just getting that square box in a warehouse or whatever it is and all beautiful and all different. But there's one that will provide you all the tables you need, but not a single chair. And it's like, okay, wait, hang on. (laughs) And the first time I worked there, I came on really late to the process and I was talking with my couple, still gathering all the information. And they're like, no, no, the, the venue provides tables, chairs, all that. Then when I looked at their contract, I was like, all right, guys, they provide tables. I do not see chairs. Reach out to the venue. Do you provide chairs? No, we don't provide chairs. Great. Now we have to rent a whole thing of chairs to bring it in. So having all that information, super, super helpful. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assume nothing. That should be, your, that should be your motto. It goes yes. back to contracts, you guys. <laughs> yep. Yep, right. See, I, we told you it all tied together. So the next little detail, and this doesn't have anything to do with venues. Um, so surprise. But the reason I like to tell couples this is because I care about your wedding. I want your whole wedding to be amazing. And there's something that couples kind of forget that can actually be a huge help to them. And that is their wedding website. Hear me out. Couples don't forget to create one. Everybody loves it. The second they get engaged, they're creating profiles on the knot and they're creating wedding websites. But typically, they're their wedding website is just like it stinks no offense um i don't that's just how i talk but it's not burn. great Ooh. yeah just a burn that's savage right but it's true it's just it you like have a few pictures on there you put your wedding party on there and then you maybe put your love story on there and your registry or your zola account and that's it and there's no information on there and you're still fielding texts from your aunts your cousins your best friends your not so great friends they're just your acquaintances people are emailing you left and right when you could mitigate and cut in half 
all of that stuff if you would take like a good couple of hours and create a baller wedding website where all of the information was on there, your location, your not your contact information, don't put it on there, um, where they can RSVP, yes, your registry and all those things I mentioned, but um, directions to your website or directions to your venue. If you don't have those, ask your venue. They should be able to provide them for you. Mm-hmm. links to where people can, uh, your accommodation links, the discount code for whatever room block that you have, the, um, you know, activities, things to do in the area, your venue or your wedding planner should be able to provide those to you. We have blog posts about things to do in every season in our, in our area, because we, again, we care about the couple's experience. And, and like Danielle said, it's about the guest experience too. And you're the guest. So think of what you would want as somebody attending a wedding, not you know, down the street from you that you know, like the back of your hand, put yourself in their position. Because I promise you, if you spend a little bit of time on the front end doing that, instead of fielding all of these text messages, number one, people will just go to your wedding website. And number two, even if you do get those texts, even if you do get those emails, you can just reply and say, hey, Kinsey, it's so good to hear from you. I'm so glad you're coming. Here's my wedding website. All of the info's on there. Boom. Mm-hmm. Put, save save it as like a keystroke in your on your iPhone. And you could just, you know, do a quick three letter word and the whole thing will populate <laughs> Yes, and you can 100%. Just send that out to people. Um, don't be afraid to implement those strategies in your wedding. You guys, planning a wedding is like a full-time job almost, and that's why people get so stressed about it. So don't be afraid to implement those little strategies to save yourself time. You deserve it. Yes, I've even seen ones that have sweet little um, FAQ sections that are like, hey, what should we wear? And it gives you a perfect opportunity to be like, where we're getting married gets is really warm during the day, but chilly at night. Maybe bring a light jacket or a wrap or something. Or we're going to be out in yes. the middle of a field. So ladies, avoid the heels, go with a nice wedge or a flat shoe. Things like that. The more you give your guests, the better experience that they have. Guys, not everybody's going to go to this thing, and that's fine. But if you can field a lot of these questions, uh, 100% saves you time, for sure. You can even include, Kinsey mentioned a lot of great things. You could include the transportation schedule. So what time the bus is going to come to the hotel to pick everybody up. Hey, be ready down in the lobby at 4 p.m. so that you catch the bus. Because, well, here, let me say this. What I hear as a little bit of pushback, not even pushback, but just they want to understand better, um, Kinsey, is they'll say, but can't I just send this all in the invitation when we send out the invitation? You totally can, and I'm going to put it straight in the trash. Yeah, exactly. Or at the very least, maybe it's going to go on the fridge, right? Because you really like this person, but you're not going to bring it when you leave your house to go to that wedding. You're going to forget That's it. Right. It's going to be there. And all of a sudden you're at the hotel going, well, crap, what, what do we have to do? And what is this? So where do we go? What do we do? Who do we talk to? What's the address of that place? I don't know. Maybe we should Google exactly. it. Uh, it was, it was what's Vista it something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So yep. saves nobody so cares much. about your venue as much as you do. I they don't even remember uh, the place. They just don't. And I can nope. say that I own a venue, and so nobody cares about our place as much as we do, and nobody cares about the venue as much as the couple, except for maybe the parents. And that's mm-hmm. it. Um, everyone else is going to forget the name. I'm headed to New York later this week. My brother, my brother, I love him so deeply, is getting married, and I have forgotten the name of the place he's getting married a good three times. And I am in the industry. <laughs> Congratulations! So, that's really exciting. Thank you. I know. Yay, Kyle, you're not listening to this. But if you ever do listen to this, I love you. Um, uh, are yeah. you a good wedding guest or being in the industry? Are you a not so nice wedding? <laughs> not nice, no. but um, yeah, I, I don't no. attend weddings well. 
I attend weddings super well. And I think that's just because I am just trying to put myself in their shoes. So I'm like, how can I help you? What can I do? How can we follow your rules? And I help keep people on track. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I That's 100% me when I attend weddings and I do that though, with my people? family. No, I um, they <laughs> tend to be like, Danielle, just stop it. Like, you don't need to get everybody on the bus at the end of the night. And I'm like, no, but it'll just help them if I just can get everybody on the bus. Like, I have a hard time shutting off the like, want to help if I see like a bridesmaid's bouquet sitting on a table and there's like an empty vase that I know it needs to go in, I just kind of walk over and take it and put it in there. So I uh, I don't know how to shut that part of me off. Okay. So, so you're next level. See, I can still enjoy myself. I can still Oh, I have like, a blast. Just the people with me get. I have so much. I love doing that. I, I love what I do. But it's the people with me that are like, Danielle, you don't need to do that right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Just stop it. So. You're like, sorry, I can't help it. That's just because yeah. you're awesome. Come at me, bro. I don't care. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Take this bouquet out of my hands. Take it. Fight me. I don't care. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so we talked about inclusions, all those different things. We talked about a wedding website. Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. next? So one of the other little tricks that I like to talk to our clients about is <sighs> basing the experience of the wedding. Not fully, but doing what you can to think of ways you can base the experience of the wedding around the location of the area. And the reason that this is so forefront of my mind is because, as I mentioned earlier, I do live in the mountains of Colorado. So this is a really specific experience. When Danielle comes to visit me, we are going to have to take (laughs) breaks because our elevation is so much higher (laughs) than in Pittsburgh. And so the like for us, the reality of that is, you know, we have to make sure we're providing a lot of water for guests. So that's one of our specific experiences. We do a lot of late night treats and a lot of late night snacks in this area, which are super fun. We've done ice cream trucks. We've done like hydration stations. People have even thought about oxygen bars. We don't have to get that serious, you guys, but that's just like an example. They do it here and those all, not okay, number one, those are great for the guests because they truly are needed in our area. But also it just speaks to the wedding so well because the couple have been the couple you guys you know you've been thinking about your guests you want them to enjoy their experience and so now what we get is this experience that the couple has created it totally reflects their personality but it also benefits the guests and the area of the venue so for instance you know if you're in the mountains of Colorado like I don't see palm tree decorations or I don't see like blow up swimming pools on our lawn or anything like that that's not really our location right like with you know swimming wand floaties and stuff like that. That's not really what we're doing. And so if you can really think about ways you can incorporate your couple personality and what's going to be good for your guests, but also what's good for the venue and the area that you're in, that's when you really create what I call this holistic experience where everyone is just totally vibing and they can, when they leave they're here's what they're going to say. That's the best wedding I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Hashtag goals, you guys. Hashtag goals. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to do, you know, I think the oxygen bar was kind of funny. You're probably thinking, my God, we're not having that. Me neither. I would never do that. But it's so easy to do when you just kind of like sit back and say, huh, okay, we are in the mountains or we are in somebody's, you know, I don't know, probably in Pennsylvania, 200 year old barn. Mm -hmm. Um, What can we do in this area that is going to be complementary to them and to us? And once you start just kind of sitting down and asking yourself those questions, you'll be really surprised about the cool ideas that you come up with. 
Yes. And you don't have to do all of the things. You don't have to do right. the late night snacks and another treat and a ton of water and an oxygen bar and, you know, all the things. But just like touching on a few things that show I really thought about you guys. And I thought about what would just make this event really great for you because, um, Kinsey, so Dan and I talk a lot about this and kind of the foundation of our beliefs about weddings is that it's your wedding for everybody else, you being the couple that's planning this. Because yes, this day is all about the two of you who are planning a wedding and that is so cool. But the event is really for everyone else because at the end of the day you and your partner make up probably less than two percent of your entire guest list so yes the day is focused around you and your love and celebrating that but you want to make sure that the event caters to the needs of your guests and that comes down to their age where they're traveling from when you just said kinsey that you're obviously in a higher elevation my jaw nearly hit the floor because I was like, I never even thought about that mm-hmm. as as something that you, you you should consider. That if I was traveling to that area, I would just be like, woohoo, going to Colorado. That would never cross my mind. So the fact that you're kind of forward thinking about that, talking with your couples about that sort of thing, I think that's really cool and really awesome. Um, A plus gold star sticker to you, Kinsey. A plus <gasps> gold star you. sticker to all of our ringers who are already yes. thinking about this stuff. And if you're not thinking about it, start thinking of little ways. Brainstorm with your partner and say, well, what's some little things that we can do or enhance or or give to our, our couples that really gives them this great thing based around where we're at? Very cool. Yes. Cool. Yeah. One of the other things, this is kind of my final little little detail, and I always encourage couples to ask this because even if your venue doesn't have a plan around how to do this or how they personally do it, maybe you gave them a little tip and they're going to be better for the next guy. But yes. something that we do is we communicate a lot with vendors for our couples, and that is just to communicate the style of venue that we are personally. So something I'm creating this year um, to kind of streamline all of communication is a portal just for our vendors. And so that is a link that will go out to our couples to say, hey, you don't have to be the middle guy. Why don't you give your vendors this link? It's a vendor portal. They can log in. And then that vendor can get all of the information that they need to know about working at our space. Now, I'm not telling you that I feel like that's forward thinking. I don't think your venue is going to have a vendor portal. But what you can ask your venue is to say, do you do any vendor communication just to let them know that they can come here to tour if they need to? That's important, you know, as far as catering setup, sometimes photographer and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or how can I make sure my vendors are comfortable working in your venue? And so if they have a process for communicating with vendors around that time, they'll sure let you know. Or the other cool thing is your venue very likely has a recommended vendor list or a required vendor list. Either one, six one way, half dozen the other. Um, but at that point, it's so good for you to grab that list because A, they probably all worked at that venue before. So you're going to get a really good set of services from them and you won't have to do a lot of that communication. But also B, it's going to save you hours and hours and hours of your life searching on Google for caterers in Pittsburgh or caterers in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really know where to start. You don't want to go on 600 you know, consultations and like tastings. So uh, utilize those resources. And again, don't be afraid to ask your venue, You know, is there anything that you have in place to help help our vendors know who maybe haven't worked here before um, right. how best to work in inside of our venue. And like I said, if they have a process, they'll give it to you. If they don't, they might even have, they'll very likely have that recommended vendor list. And so be asking your venues, ask for recommendations. It's going to save you time and a lot of, a lot of headache. 
Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Anytime I work with a venue that is great on the communication front, that's open to sharing that kind of stuff, because I can sometimes be, uh, if, if they don't have something like a portal set up, which is brilliant, might I add, I can sometimes take some of the load off of my clients that if their band or DJ is saying, well, where do we load in from and what's that process and where can we store our cases, etc. I tend to take those uh, logistical questions off of my couple's plate, shoulder them, and I'm the one talking with the venue about it. And anytime a venue is open to communicating and sharing that, and if they don't have a thing set up, if they're just kind of sending it over to me via email, I still love that too. Just that communication shows me that they are invested in the success of the event for the couple, just like the rest of us are. To them, it's not just, well, you paid us for the venue rental and good luck to you. You're on your We're own out. now. You're going to have yeah. to figure it out. Exactly. It just shows that they have um, they have their ducks in a row. They've thought about these things. They've troubleshooted different things that have come up before. Like, hey, maybe they know that if they plug in the band in one spot, if the caterer is bringing in a coffee, they have to plug that in at this place instead of that space so that we don't trip a power thing. That's big here because we have a lot of old electricity. So we're always worrying about tripping power <laughs> in venues and all these things. I'm not totally. Do you, okay. So you have that in Colorado. You're so much newer. I feel like we are. Yeah. Well, it's still, a, it's still a thing though, because weddings are regardless of how old the building is event events of any style draw a lot of power just because oh. we're plugging in everything. And so when we built our venue, which, you know, is not a, is a brand new barn, we all four corners of our venue are on a separate circuit. Smart. Mm-hmm. Super, super yeah, smart. Yeah. Good question. Well, and you know, that is such a testament to why I, we both feel very strongly about couples hiring planners because they, number one, like Danielle said, she shoulders a lot of those questions for her couples. But, you know, if you're a couple who isn't hiring a planner until you get closer to the day, or maybe you hadn't been convinced to hire one until closer to till the, until the day and you already have all of these things lined out and you're you're the one who's having to do the communication, um, having a venue who is is very communicative, I feel like that could have been one of our top three, but that's mm-hmm. <laughs> number four. Um, having a venue who's very communicative either with your planner or with yourself is paramount. For sure. Okay. Do we have more little details to talk about? Not on my side. No, you guys can probably tell I'm a really pragmatic detail type of person because I feel like these are all the little stressors that actually, you know, like digs into couple sides. Um, and, and they're not as pretty to look at, but if you have all of these taken care of in the back of your mind, then you can move forward with all of those like cute things. Like where do I put my flowers? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add a little detail that yeah. um, just kind of popped into my mind, but I think it's important and something that you don't see. It's like never on the wedding planning checklists uh, that are swarming all the internet. Guys, I want you to also look at parking because mm-hmm. um, parking for you might not be an issue. Maybe you're arriving in a little limo or a shuttle or whatever it is, but think about your guests. Always goes back to our guests, right? Where are they going to park? Is there a spot to, for them to park? Is it well lit? Do they know how to get there? Do they need to pay for it? Do you, is it something you can pay for? All of those little things. Um, sometimes when we're looking at the most beautiful venue in the entire world and our heart is set on it and we say that's where we're going to get married and then you start kind of getting into all these little things, it can really be like, oh crap, where are we going to park all these people? And then, you know, maybe that adds added expense where, okay, now we need to bus people in and we weren't initially going to be doing that. All the little things. Um, that's my little detail that I want to add. 
just because I like to add things to conversations. So I <laughs> full wholeheartedly agree with you. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. All right. So is there any um, red flags that couples should be kind of taking note of if they see them? I guess we touched a little bit as we talked about the little things as well as even the top three things. But are there any red flags that um, you're like, hey, put the brakes on a little bit? And if so, how how do you recommend couples handle those situations? Sure. Yeah, sure. That's a good question. They do. There are a few things I'll pull out of, of things we've already talked about and maybe just dig a little bit deeper. Um, number one, of course, is your contract. I mentioned that you should ask for a sample of the contract so that you can read it because, again, that's really where things will kind of make or break. That's really where the line is drawn. After you sign it, there's not very much you can change when mm-hmm. it comes to the venue. Um, they're they're going to stick to it pretty hard, right? So if they are not willing to give you a sample contract to read, that is a number one red flag. I yes. don't, I, it's just, it just is. If somebody doesn't, why wouldn't they want to give you that? You know what I mean? There's just, mm-hmm. there's truly no one can go toe to toe with me and tell me any good reason why they wouldn't give a couple a sample contract. And, and, and like, I've heard things like, well, what if they want to start their own venue and they just want to take my contract? <laughs> or like, what if they, and I don't care. I don't, I don't care about any of those things. If that's true, <laughs> that's true. But those seem like so far-fetched to me. Um, I want my couples to feel comfortable and all venues should want that. They should want the, – the contract is meant to protect the venue. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not afraid to say that. But it is meant to protect the couple as well. It, it really is just like the purest form of communication. Is the easiest way to say, this is what I expect of you and this is what you can expect from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and in its very basic level. So if somebody isn't willing to give you a sample contract, that's a red flag. Um, if within the contract, the fees are not clear, that is a red flag to me. Uh, there are some venues around the country who have very interesting fees that they like to add on the day of the wedding or sometimes after the wedding day. And that frustrates me from an industry perspective. And so if the fees are not crystal clear, if you don't know what their admin fee is, if you don't know whether or not they charge tax, if you don't know whether or not the service fee is the service fee, it doesn't matter what it is, it's just a solid you know, XYZ or a solid percentage, or there's some weird verbiage about day of fees. You have got to get a handle on that and make sure you understand completely because I can count on more than two hands how many times I've had couples reach out and say, this happened at our wedding. Like, can you educate venues on this? Um, And it's really fascinating. So fees that are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Murky. (laughs) Murky (laughs) fees are something that would be a red flag for me. I I would not sign a contract if I didn't understand what I was actually paying. And I would probably try to find another venue. Um, Another red flag is I would, this isn't really a red flag, but just something that I would be conscientious of is the difference between a venue coordinator and a wedding planner. Um, This is something that Danielle and I understand well because we're in the industry, but this can be kind of a point of contention for couples because it can be confusing because the venue hasn't communicated clearly. Typically, a venue coordinator is worried about the venue and that's it. And a wedding planner is worried about the human capital at your wedding, the timeline of your wedding, and all of the other things that are going to make you comfortable and your your venue coordinator there is 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 there to make your venue comfortable for your people and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the extent of to kind of just make it real basic so again not a red flag but something that i see that people don't understand on the front end um and then they get a little bit confused later yeah i think um and I want to be very respectful because there are a lot of people in the wedding industry that come together to make a wedding day happen so 
everything I say about venue coordinators always comes from a place of respect and also my experience. And every time that I've worked at a venue where there was a venue coordinator who was so open and happy and a team player when it came to working with all the vendors, but specifically a planner, we have always been able to produce some amazing events, have a great experience. Everybody got along so swell. Anytime there was a coordinator who was like, sorry, you know, we don't, we don't allow outside planners. We don't, we don't like people coming in here. We don't like any of this stuff. It has never been a smooth relationship because, well, I've been hired. So what would you like me to do? And can't we just work together with this? So I think anytime a venue kind of tries to position a person that is solely acting as the coordinator for the venue. And there are definitely exceptions to the rule. And Kinsey, you are one of the exceptions to the rule that you go above and beyond the traditional role of a venue coordinator. But if that venue coordinator's job is to mainly sell the venue and then be there for a few hours on the wedding day to focus on just the responsibilities of the venue, that does not make them your wedding planner. And it's not fair when venues sort of explain or introduce them to couples as a wedding planner because it gets really confusing. And I am always on my soapbox about this because I wish there was more open conversation and education about their out there for couples because I think it's really easy to say oh well our, our venue has a wedding planner so it's fine. But then as they get closer to the day they realize that wedding planner is not acting as they are expecting um, because the word wedding planner has such a, a weight of expectations to it. And then all of a sudden it's adding more stress and it's causing more tension. And instead of just appreciating the venue coordinator for what he or she is providing and the service that they're doing, they're looking at all the things that they're not doing and shouldn't be doing. And it causes a lot of problems. And so as someone who does more on the planning side, Kinsey, can you, what is that like for you? Because you walk a really interesting line there. Mm-hmm. We do. And thank you for the compliment about being the exception. So for us, pre- so before 2020, as we record this, we're not into our 2020 season yet. We only, we will start in May of this year, mm-hmm. but in May of this year, we folded in day of coordination or month, month of coordination, whatever you guys want to call it. If you're a vendor listening and you're like, Ugh, I hate the phrase day of coordination. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, basically we folded in wedding planning that isn't full or partial wedding planning into our venue because of the high level of service that we offer our couples. It was the natural next step for our venue. Now, because I believe so much in communication, we have in our contract a special section dedicated just to what we do. But here's the important part. We have a special section dedicated to what we don't do. So we make it very clear to our clients, here's exactly what you're going to get from us and here's what you're not going to get from us. So if you want this, we Mm -hmm. even say, you need to hire a partial or full planner and we have recommendations for you. It doesn't change the price of the venue, but Mm -hmm. your planner just will know that we're here to act as an associate on their behalf. Um, and that's how we that's how we work with our quote in-house planner versus hiring an outside planner. If I love somebody that. just right, yeah, it's it's very easy. And here's the thing: the more the merrier, because Danielle is so right. It takes a village to pull together a wedding. And <laughs> so, if even if somebody brings in, if they're like, well, they're not really my full planner, but they're my they are my uh, we met. They I want them to be my planner. Can they come? We're like, yeah. <laughs> like the more hands you have on a wedding day, um, yes. again, it doesn't change my business and it's not going to change my rate because I don't put in any less work in your wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel comfortable saying that again, because I feel comfortable in my business, you guys. But <clears throat> 
the more the merrier, bring it on. So I think that Danielle brings up a good point. Really, the onus is on the venue to communicate clearly to the couple what it really means to be a venue coordinator, what it means to have a, an in-house venue planner, because there are other venues, not just mine, of course, who are doing it wonderfully. I can think of quite a few venues in the Denver area who have in-house planners and they're crushing it. Um, but, and, but also, I want to put a little bit of onus on the couple too. It is your responsibility to read your contract. It is your responsibility to ask questions. Um, you're an adult, you're signing contracts, you're making a huge financial investment. So the onus is also on you to understand the difference between what your venue is offering, who you need to hire and where your two, your own two hands and work has to come in because you've chosen not to get one or the other. Yeah. And guys, uh, this is another thing that I will, I I have a pantry of soapboxes apparently. So I will step back on my other soapbox here. I'm holding it for you. Thank Oh, thank you so much. It's a little, it's pretty sturdy this one. So I, um, being in this industry now, this is my 10th year and I have, it's, it's obviously been very much a journey. And part of that journey has been talking with couples, both my clients and not my clients, um, and kind of how they feel about planning a wedding. And as a planner, I think it's easy for couples to feel like, well, gosh, if we have to hire a planner, then that means we're not capable of doing this ourselves. And gosh, darn it, we're smart. We can do this. And guys, hiring a planner or hiring any vendor that you need to do a job does not mean that you are incapable or not enough as a person, as a partner, as a bride, as a groom. You, it is not admitting defeat. It is saying, I really want to invest in somebody who does this well so that I can focus my efforts where I want to focus my efforts, okay? It is not that you are incapable of planning a wedding if you hire a wedding planner. It is that you are making a kick butt decision to say, I need somebody to work with me to guide me, to give me the like little snippets and 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 vendor recommendations and and help through this process so that me and my partner can make the best decision possible for us and have a wedding that our guests are going to have a great time at, that we are going to feel amazing at, that we're not going to walk into being like, oh my God, is this over yet? And I just want it to be done. And I, I, I'm so stressed and I have all these things. That's what planners, good planners, good planners. Let me stress that again. That's what good planners are going to do for you. And that is what all of your vendors are going to bring to the table. That if you work with people that are good people that want to help you with this, it is not about, like I said, it is so not about that you're not capable because that is not what it is. Um, Stepping down, taking my little bow, my curtsy and stepping back off of my soapbox. (laughs) That's something I really, um, this winter, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about, Kinsey, and I I just want couples to know it's just not, you don't have to do it all yourself, Um, and it doesn't make you any less of a bridegroom or otherwise by 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 not doing it all 100% yourself. So in the same way as you wouldn't sew your outfit together that day, or maybe you are, and maybe that's like an amazing talent that you have and by golly, go for it. But in the same sense that you're probably going to go buy your dress or suit or whatever from somebody who does that so well, it works the same way for all the other vendor categories as well. So that's right. Have you, as a owner, I'm curious, as a as somebody who's in the this world of weddings, have you ever had any like really odd requests from a couple? We have had a few odd requests from couples. We had a couple recently ask us if we would cut down some trees on our oh, property for them. Sure, no um, sure. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, we didn't. So they still got married there, but we we said no. Um, We have had, what are some other odd requests? What was the reason that that they wanted the trees cut down? Um, we have, of course, a waterfront view and, uh, the, our, our main ceremony location is that waterfront view and uh-huh. there's one tree and it's actually not even on our property. It was outside of the fence, like on the ledge mm. of a, a mountain. Um, there was like, one, there's kind of one tree that it's not really in the way. I mean, we have a huge lakefront view, right. but it's quote in the way. And they were, they were wondering if we would cut it down for them. Mm. And so that the view would be less obstructed, even though I don't think it was that obstructed. And so I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, we, I'm not really a fan of cutting down trees unless it's absolutely necessary. I'm not going to like, you know, stand up here and tell you we didn't cut down any trees when we built this <laughs> venue. We sure did. Uh, but we only cut down as many as we needed to, not as many as we wanted to. There's a difference there. So right. that was a funny request. I mean, I told, I get it. You're like, you, if you yeah. don't ask, the answer is always no, right? Very so, true. So, you know, ask whatever questions you want. But that was kind of a funny request. Um, what else have we had? We get a lot of, I think this is based on our location, but these aren't really funny anymore. I, I feel like it's just part of part of the industry now, but we have a lot of dogs as part of ceremonies, which we love. So we get mm-hmm. that qu- question a lot if we could, if they can have their dog as part of mm-hmm. ceremonies. Um, we have had also because I'm on a ranch, I think this has to do with our location. We get kind of funny requests about the ranch specifically. Like we on our ranch is a working ranch. And so we have a lot of sheep and we have a lot of baby lambs every, every spring and summer. And so some people will ask us if we'll bring baby lambs up to their wedding. <laughs> Uh, from the ranch. Sometimes people ask us if we can bring tractors. (laughs) We're like, "Uh, no. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of liability there. But uh, we get a lot of requests about that kind of thing. Other than the tree was like the main thing. Like, can you cut down trees for our specific wedding? And then, but everything else is kind of just like, yeah, I can see why you would ask that. That's so funny. Hey, in Pennsylvania, it is not uncommon to transport guests on a tractor. That is for dang sure. That's the right. New, the new thing here, uh, and I say new, it's it's all, who knows, but uh, oh, is, is to have alpacas at your wedding. So, oh, yes. That's fun. Have um, you seen those drink donkeys, like the donkey, bur- the drink burrows? I have. Somebody was telling me about this uh, last summer, I and I was like, that. I'm sorry, what now? And yeah. I Googled it, and I was I was both um, wildly jealous that I had never seen this and also terrified. So, you know. <laughs> a lot of feelings um, happening there. A lot of fe- – that is a great way to put it. It was a lot of feelings. <laughs> so how about – was have you ever seen, like, like just – were there some, like, favorite things that you've seen that were either, like, really unique or just went over really well with the guests that you were like, haven't seen that? But that was cool. Oh, man. You know, I there's nothing completely out of the box that I've seen that mm-hmm. really was like, whoa, I can't believe that they did that. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never seen that before. But there's just some things that always go over so well at the venue. And I love it when our when our couples do this. So when our couples really really bring out their personality and their decor. I absolutely love that. I don't get me wrong, we see I see our fair share of like white tablecloths, blush weddings, all of that, but when couples really get busy with like decor that matches their personality, those are the weddings that have the most people on the dance floor. The couple the guests are the happiest because it's truly just a reflection and a celebration of love like it should be. Mm-hmm. So, we have had couples 
where they have brought their own decor from their house and like they actually uh, gathered decor throughout the year that kind of matched and so each table had a different kind of centerpiece setup that was like really cute jars and beautiful candles and just things that they would naturally collect because they were this beautiful eclectic couple and then they also had frames on each table that told a different part of their love story so um, they would have a frame about the first time they kissed or the first time they met or what they were doing in their first careers together or what you know just examples like that and that is truly one of those weddings that I mentioned where everybody walked in and they were like yep this is so them (laughs) I feel like I'm sitting in their room like in their living room and they had such a close amazing group of friends um and the other thing i liked it was actually same the same wedding the other thing i really loved about that wedding is they they had a king's table and i love the king's table trend because i want people to stop doing head tables where everybody just sits in a line on one side of the table and then all of your wedding party is sitting away from their dates um a king's table is where you are sitting on both sides facing each other but there's enough room at the table for your wedding party's dates so what you get is this huge amazing table of it doesn't have to be huge it depends on how big your wedding party is but just this Mm -hmm. big table of amazing conversation it's usually beautifully decorated you can all see each other everybody can converse and have conversation and it's just the the vibe is so much different than sitting in a line at the front of the reception where everyone's staring at you and it's just like I know that's the way but um I would love to see people start incorporating that king's table more Oh, me too. Uh, the the head table, I, I can think back. My sister, I have a much older sister who got married in 1999, my friends. And I was a 13-year-old maid of honor sitting up at this table that was up on a stage, like it was up on a riser yeah. and had the like <clears throat> skirting around it. Ooh, was it old school? And that was the thing then. But yes, King's Table, if you want to not do a sweetheart table where it's just the two of you, I love a king's table where you have everybody together and it doesn't feel like the wedding party's dates are like stuck at a table all by themselves and like, well, mm-hmm. hope you know each other. It, it really includes everybody really nicely. I love a king's table too. I do too. And the other thing that is not, this isn't going to be an outlandish surprise to anyone. I've mentioned it before here on the podcast even is late night treats and snacks. You do not have to, it does not have to be crazy. You don't have to get like a Philly cheesesteak food truck, but just having a little something that people can take even on their way out as they're getting on the bus, as they're getting on the shuttle, just, you know, like a sparkling water and a delicious bag of chips or a local cookie or what have you. People love it. It's such a classic fine touch it's I think it's becoming kind of classic it's it's such a nice final touch and they just feel really well cared for and it's a super easy thing to add to your wedding like I said it doesn't have to be crazy it can be we've seen it all mm-hmm. um, but even if it's just a little nib and a little drink that they can take on their way out they so appreciate you and they need it at the end of the yes. night they're hungry <laughs> the um I I'm I'm a snacker Oh, am I a snacker? So anytime a snack can be involved, I am down for it. Uh, And guests go nuts over it. I actually have, um, I don't think I talked about it yet on the podcast. Um, If I did, guys, I'm sorry, I'm being redundant. But I actually did a wedding a few months ago now where their late night snack, they brought in McDonald's. And I was like, oh, you can tell you guys are in your 20s because as a person in her 30s, I cannot eat McDonald's. Definitely not at 10 o'clock at night. But they, <laughs> I had to run out to this McDonald's and pick up this order of 
200 burgers and 200 orders of fries and 200 orders of chicken nuggets. And I brought it on back to the venue and the caterer set it all up and it was bizarre and crazy and people lost their minds over it um, because they just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I will say not a lot of people ate it because I think I'm not the only person that McDonald's doesn't exactly digest well in just to share way too much information with all y'all but it was very cool where the guests thought it was this very cool thing um and yes. yeah the couple loved mcdonald's so that's exactly what they did they brought so in mcdonald's for everybody yeah it was very cool mcdonald's was I very kind to they were super helpful too i was impressed so anyway from mcdonald's to you kenzie so how can our ringers learn more about you about vista view events and even she creates business how can we um kindly stalk you uh, well, I would love for you to come kindly stalk me. Mm -hmm. I've actually created a little download for your guest, Danielle, because, Ooh. and I think it'll go really well with episode number 34 of your podcast, where you and Dan talked about questions to ask your venue. So this is a venue tour planner. It's printable. You're just going to enter your email address. It'll be sent right to you. And you can print it out every time you go to a venue tour. And I have added key questions in the venue tour planner so that you can find out really quickly whether or not a venue is for you. There is space for you to write how much the venue costs. There's space for you to write whether or not your date's available or if a more flexible date's available that's kind of around your ideal date. There's a space to write pros and cons. And like I say, you can print it out and take it to every tour and use a new one for each one. And then at the end, you can kind of compare and contrast the three to four venues that you've toured. And you can get that by going to bit.ly. So that's bit.ly bit.ly forward slash we love Danielle. Aww. Mm-hmm. So, you. yeah, I didn't. I, sh I I picked that URL, you guys. Danielle didn't. She, she hasn't paid me for this at all. <laughs> but no, I thought true. it would be easy. So bit.ly forward slash we love Danielle. Enter your email address. Grab that checklist or, or grab that planner. It'll be super easy for you guys to um, keep track of your venue tours. I think it's helpful when you get that information, especially now that a lot of vendors are going to online information. And I know we mm -hmm. are. So I don't send a lot of paper stuff, and that's a conservation practice on our part, but I don't send a lot of paper stuff with um, my couples. So that's something that can help you guys out. Kinsey, thank you so much. And guys, as always, I'm going to put a link to that um, amazing uh, download in our show notes. So if you want to keep it simple, um, just head over to there and you can click on it. How about um, on Instagram or any place else that we can kind of just follow you for some more goodness in your life? Yes, please. So if for the couples out there, if you're interested in more education around picking your vendors and just the wedding world in general, come find me at Vista View Events on Instagram. Feel free to DM me any questions. I love talking to couples on Instagram. I don't care if you're getting married at our venue or not. <laughs> and if you are a vendor in the industry, come find me at She Creates Business. We are always having good conversations over there about business building topics, especially marketing and sales. And um, I publish a podcast episode uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Awesome. Kinsey, thank you so, so very much for um, taking the time for sharing your knowledge. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And I am so excited to see more of what your venue does in 2020 and all of the awesome things that you bring to the other venues that you are doing such great things helping with. So, uh, so exciting. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you sincerely for sharing your space with me. I truly appreciate it. And I was just felt, felt really honored to be here. So thank you. Awesome.
Friends, thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, I always want to take a minute to give a huge, huge shout out, love and virtual high five to our Patreon supporters. Your encouragement means the world to Dan and I, and we're just constantly blown away by your generosity and by your support. Now, if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers and help us reach our goals for the show, guys, big things are in store. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Like, you know, put a ring on it. There's options starting at just two bucks a month and some really fun things waiting for you, like recordings, hangouts with the two of us, and a place to have your wedding questions answered. And trust me when I say even just two bucks a month fuels Dan and I in such a way that we are just completely over the moon. Um, So if you think two bucks isn't a big deal, trust me when I say it is such a big deal to us. Now, another way you can support our show is to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast in iTunes or, you know, wherever you enjoy this podcast. This really helps us so much. Finally, if you want more details on anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can find the show notes at putaringonitpodcast.com, including Kinsey's freebie. Um, We'll have a link to how you can get that there. And of course, don't forget Follow us on all the socials. I'm at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And let's not forget to give Dan all the love. He's at Daniel Moyer Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moyer Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. Definitely make sure you give him some love while he's away on paternity leave. But spoiler, guys, he is coming back very soon. Now, remember, we are here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing because you rock. Until next time, ringers. 